0: Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare.
1: Welcome back to Medicus. You've probably been wondering where your weekly Medicus podcast episodes have been the last few weeks. We've been taking some time off to study and sit for our Step 1 exams and we are finally through that. We're back um, starting our third years. We also have a few new students that are going to be working with us so we're happy that they are here today. Today is actually a really special episode because for the first time all five of our uh, Medicus hosts are here and we are going to be talking about our experience that we just had taking Step 1. And we have our new interviewers here to host us. So go ahead and introduce yourselves.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Dave Lee. Um, I am an MD MPH student. Um, I just completed my didactics for my master's in public health, and I will be starting my first year uh, here at Loyola. Um, do we name where we go? Cool. Yeah, you can if you want. It's an open secret. Right? Right. Um, I, I completed my undergrad in biochemistry at Kentucky University. I did my master's in physiology at Georgetown and um, I'm excited to help you guys out.
3: Yeah. Hi, my name is Rasa. Uh, I am an MD PhD student. I just finished my first year of medical school going into second year. Uh, I'm currently doing lab rotations over the summer. I did my undergraduate at uh, UW Madison in Wisconsin. And I'm excited to be a part of this team.
4: No. Welcome. We're, We're glad you could be part of the team. Uh, maybe let's just hop into it, right? So yeah, we'll hand the reins over to you guys. <laughs>
3: sure. So talking about this big step one exam, can you tell us a little bit more about it for those who haven't listened to our previous episode?
5: So uh, if you guys haven't listened to um, Nate and I's episode with uh, Dr. Hopps, uh the USMLE is basically the United States medical licensing exam. Uh, it's, divi- it's divided into three steps and you basically have to pass all three exams um, in order to get in order to practice medicine. So step one, which is the exam that we all just took, is uh, arguably the hardest, probably the most controversial, but we're not going to go into that.
4: Actually, we may because <laughs> we, <laughs> apparently yeah, there's the apparently there's on the horizon. Uh, Dina Kai just posted this actually this week that there is a lot of discussion on actually Making it on it. yeah they're they're thinking about switching it to pass fail system and they're voting apparently on July 26 or something like oh, that. It's so, actually being voted yeah, so it's concept? actually uh, your congressman. Yeah, so yeah. if you have <laughs> send the letter about this. to your congressman and ask them to please. <laughs> but but the format that's what's interesting is they don't know if they're going to switch it to pass fail or if they're going to basically make step two more emphasized or if they're going to put like cutoffs for how much programs can actually wait or uh-huh. use that right. as it's like a, a tier system, right? Yeah. Right. So it, there's a lot of talk. It, you should definitely like take some time and go and read about it. Um, right. Because
3: that's how it used to be back in the days. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Switched over so switched
3: Yeah. That's essentially
1: what the point of the exam is just supposed to be uh, an evaluation to see, did you learn what you needed to learn in your first two years of medical school? And are you ready now to move on to the more clinically focused years? And it's just kind of spiraled out of control from there because now it's turned into a different type of evaluation that residencies typically use to um, distinguish between all their applicants.
5: Which is understandably why, you know, a lot of us medical students end up being stressed by it.
3: And I know the students are quite, you know, stressed about achieving really high scores on the exam. If you don't like the score that you got, can you retake it like you do for the MCAT?
4: Unfortunately, no this is one of those things where you it's almost well I don't want to say it's not, it's a good idea to not pass but you will. You,
0: you can retake it right so can you, you, you so if you fail it you can retake it oh, but I didn't know that it just doesn't look good it doesn't it look good fail. because you I think you have to actually repeat usually your your m two year um depending on because you have to you have to wait for the scores to come out and then you are already behind your clerkships so like at that point, you have, to, you have to study and take it again, right?
5: So It's like a kiss of death in the resi- <laughs> residency application, too. Right. There's a NRMP data that you can look at, and basically there's certain specialties that just don't accept medical students that have had to repeat step one. Interesting. Certain specialties are okay with it. Other more like competitive specialties, because they can, they
2: will probably deny you. But yeah, we can, we can go into that a little bit later. So when do students normally um, take the uh, the step two or sorry step one, um, I guess within their medical education and um, what does that kind of preparation uh,
6: process look like typically?
5: It varies by school, right?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think you're right, but I think it's fair to say that most students are taking it after their second year, Mm -hmm. Um, and the the exact timing of when the second year ends is different for every school. Even in Chicago, I have multiple friends at basically every medical school and. Everyone's uh, dedicated time started and ended at different times. Um, Most of them are probably earlier than ours. We finished our classes in April, and a lot of students actually finish like January, February of their second year.
5: Yeah, Mm -hmm. some people even take it after their third year. Mm -hmm. In fact, even Dr. Hobbs was saying that last last time we met with him that people who take it after the third year are usually more prepared for the exam.
1: Interesting.
5: And I mean, that's I guess how the exam has progressed over the years.
1: Yeah, so for our school, we finished our second year, and then we they said, here you have eight weeks, and you can take it at any point during these eight weeks. So most students took at least four of those weeks to study. Some took four, five, six, seven weeks to study. And then you get to take a really nice eight-hour exam. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't worry, it gets better, because step two is only nine hours. So. <laughs> oh. And
5: if you think that you're going to walk out of the exam and you're going to feel a sense of accomplishment and you're going to be celebrating, well... You're dead wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's tough. It's supposed to be tough. You're supposed to, it's a real challenge. Mm-hmm. And leading up to it, it, yeah, it does feel like you should feel kind of triumphant because you've been studying all day for weeks and then you're relieved that it's over, but you're also just nervous because you're thinking through all those questions that
4: were tough. Mm. Yeah. Just to kind of touch on that a little bit, the uh, the exam actually, well, this is like according to Dr. Hops and other Sources, because everything about this exam is shrouded in mystery, right? It's like yeah. no one knows exactly how they grade, how any of this <laughs> comes about. But there, it's said that there are what are called beta questions, right? So these are questions that are thrown in on the exam that are basically going to be taken out, but they're designed to be put in there. Maybe it's kind of like a mind game to kind of like mess with you, but also to see if these test questions could actually be used in future exams. Um, so a lot of times you walk out of there thinking, man, I had... I don't know, 40 questions that I left m- marked that I was unsure on. So you kind of just have no, you, you don't have that confidence, right? You walk out and you're just like, oh my gosh, I felt this. So, so yeah, that's what Neil's been kind of talking about. <laughs> uh,
1: so understandably, we put, put a lot of weight on it and there's a lot of strategies and opinions regarding what's the best way to prepare for this exam. Yeah.
4: What is the best
1: way to to say it? (laughs) Yeah, maybe you all can
3: go around and um, tell us a little bit of what your strategy was going in and preparing for the exam.
5: You know, I don't think that there's a single strategy that works for every single person. I think we all have a tendency to go on studentdoctor.net or Reddit and see how, what people did to prepare for the exam. And there's... There's sort of a little bit bias behind that because people who do well on the exam are generally more likely to post on these mm-hmm. forums. Sure. So, I was actually having a discussion with a few of our classmates. I had it with Josh, I had it with Mara, uh, I believe I had it with Alec. Sorry to leave you out, Nate. I'm <laughs> <think> we <were laughs> so offended right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, like, you know, there's all these resources now, like Pathoma, there's obviously First Aid, which is probably your Bible of step studying. Mm-hmm. They're sketchy now. There's boards and beyond. So there's all these resources that you have to incorporate. And, you know, they advise you to find a few resources that work with work for you and just stick with them. But again, medicine is so vast. They can right. they can literally ask you anything and everything. So with that said, I feel like, you know, I use the big resources like Pathoma, I used uh, Anki, the Zonki deck, mm-hmm. and I stayed up to date with it. My first year of medical school, I I focused on just classwork. I wanted to establish a good foundation. And I really had no knowledge about what Pathoma is or Sketchy is. And I really didn't do my due diligence about step until the summer after my first year. And that's when I pulled aside Josh and told him to set up Zonky for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I feel like I set up half our class. (laughs) This is true. Josh helped me do this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but Zonky is just, you know, uh, Zonky is just one of those things that you just have to stay on top of every day. Yeah. So when school work got started, I, I fell behind a little bit because, you know, the way that we were evaluated here was there was a grading tier system. So mm-hmm. we had honors pass, high pass, pass, fail. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that um, not only was I getting a good foundation, but I was actually passing my classes. Right, right. So I fell behind Zonky and that messed with me a little bit. Um, I tried incorporating... Uh, the big resources like Pathoma and Sketchy into my uh, class studying. Um, and I felt like that worked out um, for a while. But again, you just get swarmed with uh, material your second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're learning a lot of pathology, microbiome, pharmacology. And then, you know, you always obviously have to find time to sleep and cook and exercise, sure. which is very important. I felt like I was missing out on sleep. And uh, I think Josh can tell you how important sleep is. He's oh, yeah. he's the doctor on that.
4: I will rave all day about that. I also
1: have an entire album of pictures of Neil falling asleep during lectures, so I can attest oh. to the fact that he did not sleep at night. <laughs> I'm
5: probably notorious for falling asleep in our class. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think I can give any general advice, you know, to our listeners, unfortunately, because, you know, I felt like I used the big resources mm-hmm. like Pathoma and Sketchy. Near the end of uh, step studying, um, I was also using boards and beyond. I didn't really use first aid all that much um, just because I was doing Zonki and I felt like that was incorporated in it already. Mm-hmm. Practice questions are always helpful, um, but even after doing so many practice questions, I still felt like after after walking out of that exam that I still had gaps in my knowledge. Sure. And that's just the bottom line. You're not gonna know everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's
6: worth mentioning you, World. That's like almost a given yeah. that you yeah. didn't even mention it. Yeah. I noticed, but that's... I that's, said question <laughs> bank, Nate. <laughs> oh, you're right. Of course, of course. But I'm not trying like... to endorse UWorld
5: to anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're not sponsoring us. Right.
0: <laughs>
6: but if you do want to sponsor yeah. us, yeah. said so, $300,000 Uh Yeah, that's you know. like the... That is like the mainstay of Dedicated, at least, is the U world yeah. questions. I, and the explanations are amazing.
5: So, yeah, just bouncing off of that. During Dedicated, I only used U world. And I, I tried to see like what I didn't know, and I tried to fill in the gaps of my knowledge there. But yeah I, think,
3: yeah, I think we
5: all have different strategies. I know Mara took a totally different route um, to studying.
3: So maybe before Mara jumps in, I can just ask a little follow-up question. So I know you mentioned that you were really focused on getting a good foundation. I do know that some students second year forego their classes and just study on resources that are specifically made for step one. Um, did you find that the medical school cur- curriculum, at least at our school, prepared you for what you needed um, for the board exam?
5: Uh, yes and no. There's, like, general knowledge that you need to know, obviously. And I think they they hit on uh, a lot of concepts that are important, high-yield stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's n- little nitty-gritty stuff that you need to know here and there That's I feel like was only mentioned in Pathoma sure. or First Aid. Mm-hmm. Everything that you see in First Aid is not everything that you see in your classes um but again there's only so much that they could teach you can't really blame them personally I felt like and this is just my personal opinion if I had more time to myself um to focus on step studying rather than um class studying uh, I felt like I would have been more prepared for that exam but again everybody's different and uh Yeah,
2: Yeah.
4: go ahead. ahead.
1: Oh, for me, the main point is that all the resources have good information. It's just that which way is going to be the best learning style for you. So for me, I love and love, but I liked and did watch all of the um, lectures here at our school because for me, sometimes the stories they would tell and the different opinions and experiences that our lecturers would share was a way better way for me to learn than just reading it from a textbook Mm -hmm. or doing a bunch of flashcards. And for me, I did, I know a lot of people here did Anki. I did not because for me I wanted to minimize the amount of information that I was just trying to like straight recall, which some of it is straight recall. And you do, I did use some, um, Quizlet flashcards for some topics that were harder, but I just didn't want to be, I wanted to minimize that and just try and understand as much as I could. And I think getting my foundation from the school lectures and the school coursework was my foundation. And then I, filled in extra details from Pathoma, and um, I like learned Sketchy like, from backwards, upside down. And I, actually, I did an Anki deck for Sketchy after I watched them to help, because that is just memorizing symbols and things. But they do take a lot of time. Like, it would be three hour-long lectures a day, and even if you speed that up, you have to watch them all and review it, and then if you're doing that on top of the other resources, it can be hard to balance. And the other point is kind of, when do you start? Do you start from day one doing Anki? Do you start, like, Please don't start during first year. I don't think that's helpful, but oh, that's but, but thinking about it early <laughs> yeah. is probably helpful. Yeah, m-
4: maybe I can just kind of share my uh, my strategy a little bit. So I was similar to what Neil did. I-, I think I went with like the more traditional route, which you read on Reddit, which does UWorld, uh, first aid, Anki, and Pathoma, and Sketchy, um, and then I started incorporating a lot of other things later, which. Was good and also bad. case. so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about All right, both. Sit, of sit tight, people. Yeah, yeah. Story. So, <laughs> but like, but first to kind of your comment, um, I do think that the school did a pretty good job of, of they actually covered in, at least in my test. I had probably five or six different questions that I never encountered when reading first aid. I never saw going through you know boards and beyond. These were topics, and they were they were topics that were very very um, strange most often they were not typically topics that were related to like pathologies or things like that it was more often kind of the the side of med school that you sometimes neglect that you're just like oh that's nice like I'm not gonna worry about that but it was a lot of things that came during our um, like our behavioral medicine type stuff right so oh, yeah. I, I would say that you should definitely take in everything because you never know what's gonna come up on your test you, you literally I had questions that I was like I've never ever seen anything on this and it was you know, mm-hmm. and, and so that's just that, feel. That, that that's yeah, right. That's the the game. Right. They're going to they're going to be doing that. So um, but in terms of so I was a big uh, fan of Anki. Right. So I, I really I got started early on. And I think that if you do it right, you can actually use Anki to complement your study. So for me, for example, like for those who are like, oh, Josh is a gunner. Like <laughs> I, I'm not like I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't trying to go ahead. I But I used this to actually like. Enhance my study. So, basically, for me, after we finished our first course MCBG, I realized as soon as we started anatomy that I started forgetting things. And so, at that point is when I was like, okay, I needed I need to keep up on this. And so, I, that's when I got Anki and I started to just pull whatever we had previously done to kind of continually review those concepts. Right. So, I think that that's really helpful whenever we would start like a new unit, so say you were in anatomy and you basically started like upper extremities or something like that, that's the point where I would download all the different, or not download, but I would activate all the different cards and then start using those as kind of my study. Um, one way to study, not not completely, right? But I think you do, you really do need to spend some time with the actual curriculum because the thing that I noticed, um, and this is kind of the danger of Anki, is that you can get into a habit of just... Uh, regurgitating things and not actually understanding the concepts behind it. And that's where you're going to get into trouble mm-hmm. because you're not going to have on the test, you're not going to have them come up and be like, okay, there will be some buzzwords, but they're moving away from that. They're and it's moving- not
1: straight recall either. It's you have to know this and then put it together with something else yes. and then take the third oh, step and understand yes. and apply it. So.
4: Exactly. So, so yeah. But for those who are interested in doing uh, Zonkey. Let me just also kind of this. This was kind of my difficulty. I started also messing with a whole bunch of other decks, right? So you have zonky which is the big one out there. You also have like light uh, Lightyear deck, Pepper deck, uh, LOL, um. not a cop, which is like a really good microbiology one. I will tell you some ones that I thought were helpful. Looking back, I may have switched to the Lightyear deck because. The thing that I didn't like about Zonky is fantastic. It's huge though, number one. Number two, it has built into it a lot of the questions that you will see on UWorld. So that was kind of a disadvantage because then you get to your, U- your UWorld bank and all of a sudden you have kind of a, an inflated, um, uh, un- like you get these questions, right? Simply because you've seen them before, right? So it's inflating your actual perception. level of where you're at. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, Lightyear deck it's very clear and concise it's still built off of first aid so yeah yeah, yeah
1: I use the pepper deck for the pepper time, deck so. is
4: really really good especially for, kind of sketchy, for stuff. sketchy stuff yeah I would recommend that <laughs> yeah. I also really like the, the uh, oh well not a cop for all the micro stuff that one is like yeah, really, really
0: his, really his well. or hers was really good. Yeah,
4: sorry. I, yeah, Whoever you are out there, we appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah. of appreciate LOL, it. not a cop. We love you. <laughs> I think
1: one of the important things that Anki, that style of studying does, is keeps you reviewing. So that's something that I didn't always do a good job of, is if I was focusing on the class material, I was kind of focusing on the exact block that we were in at that time. And you really can benefit from continually reviewing the old material, even for First year stuff like I forgot a lot of anatomy and that's what I spent like bulk of, of dedicated honestly relearning like anatomy and like biochemistry type stuff because you just forget about it and so I think that's like one huge advantage is like the continued review um, but you can also you can do that in whatever way works for you.
5: I think I just have one last plug about Anki. I think you, everybody can fall into the trap of um, getting very passive with it. People I know I found myself uh treating Anki almost as if it was a chore
2: mm-hmm.
5: uh like something that I had to get through by the end of the day, mm-hmm. no matter what time of day it just had to be done, mm-hmm. and at that point, you're like you you know you click the button, see the answer, you're like, Oh, I knew that, but did you really if you really knew it, you should have been able to answer it without having to click that button sure. um so in that like in that aspect, you don't actually know it, yeah, right, so again, you know you There's a volume of uh, material that you're intaking, and at the same time, it's not just important to memorize a fact, Mm -hmm. it's important to learn the concept behind that fact, because that's what you're gonna have to apply during the exam. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Mm -hmm.
2: Just shifting gears real quick, talking about dedicated, did you guys wanna talk about the uh, logistics, like what was your study schedule like, how long, um, how many weeks of dedicated did you take, and what was your personal, you know, emotional, mental experience with, with that um, period.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, dedicated is interesting because it is personal, I guess. Um, it, it does shift a little bit for different medical schools. So at least for our school, we get approximately like eight-ish weeks um, from our last like final to the start of um, our second year. And so there are some students that take, is it how, how third long? Year. Third Oh my gosh, yeah, third mm-hmm. year. I still feel like I'm a second year student. <laughs> <laughs> um, So we have about like eight weeks for us. There are some students that uh, take like 10 weeks, but they might be um, uh, medical schools that are like overseas. And so they have like a longer built-in dedicated period. um, And that's just like the nature of their schedule. Um, I'm sure other U.S. medical schools also have like a longer and shorter dedicated period as well. But for me, uh, I did about like six weeks, like five and a half to six weeks. And um, I probably averaged, honestly, like around 14 hours a day. is like pretty intense and the reason why I was able to get like about 14 hours is I think if I could have like one piece of advice is to find someone that can like really support you through the whole thing so um, I want to shout out to my girlfriend because she was so amazing uh, throughout the whole process Um, you know she would cook me dinner uh, she would make lunches for me if I like didn't have lunch for that day Um, you know, she would do my laundry, like literally like anything, like she was just so supportive and that really helped me like get through my days and it just made me zone in and focus so much. So like, honestly, like dedicated and, you know, you're talking about the emotionality of dedicated, like you become a study machine. Like it's kind of crazy after the first week, you're just like, oh my gosh, like I am literally a machine right now. Just like cranking out information, cranking out questions from you world. I saved you World like, all of you World for dedicated, so I had to do, like, 120 questions a day, so that's three-hour blocks plus reviewing those blocks plus, like, doing any of the Anki decks that, like, I feel like I needed to do plus watching, like, review sketchy videos plus, you know, like, if I had time looking at Pathoma and then, oh, yeah, I needed to eat and, you know, go to the gym because I, like, needed to move around from uh, from, like, sitting down so
2: much. Um, any pressure ulcers or anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was did you, did you structure your time more intentionally then like this yeah. period? yeah
0: yeah so at least for our school I, I think our school does a really good job of, of giving us resources to like you know calendars and stuff and like um, uh, like pre-made like schedules for dedicated I think I don't know how it was for you guys but I had you know I had like everything like written down for the entire like five weeks and then honestly, probably by like week three, I was like, I have a schedule, and I know what I need to get through. So like, I'm not even, I didn't really look at my schedule after like the third week because I just like, okay, I know I need to get my worlds done. I need to get the review of the world done. Then I need to go work out, then I need to go eat. <laughs> then I need to go, um, you know, review the like sketches or something that I needed to do um, for the end of the day. And then maybe just like one breeze through like a Pathoma chapter or something. So I think, you have to, you know, I, I'm a very like orga- uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not an organized person. I, I want to be an organized person. So occasionally I can be organized, but at the same time, like, you, you kind of have to be flexible with dedicated, and you want to have this rigid perfect schedule. Mm-hmm. But throughout dedicated, you, you have to be flexible because, your, your mind won't allow, you know, if, breaking that rigidity of the schedule. You have to be okay with that because you know if you fall behind on your Anki decks or something like that, that can't get to you mm-hmm. because you have limited amount of time in the day like uh, there was countless of times that I was just like oh my gosh I wish I needed I wish I had like 36 hours in a day to get through things Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't you need to sleep you need to like recover you need to go hard the next day Um, so you know I I guess you just long-winded answer to your question but you have to be flexible with your schedule be okay to to change it or um, to not look at you know that rigid like set in stone schedule that you had at the beginning and dedicated because but the third week or second week even you'll you'll know what's working for you at least that's how high I found I, that's what you guys Yeah, you felt. need to
1: have an idea of like what you want to get through and you can schedule it out but I think for me, it was important to have some like slack time built in like I had a little bit more time scheduled in for reading in the afternoon than I knew I needed in case I was behind on the morning stuff mm-hmm. and that ended up working well because I had like just random things come up each week like one day my internet wasn't working and then I was on the phone with them for two hours like mm-hmm. to get it back up and then well there goes two hours of your day <laughs> that I already had scheduled 12 hours of studying so having a little bit of flexibility in that sense is helpful just in case things happen in. you can do that on the weekends too or whatever so I did a practice test on Saturday mornings and then I had the rest of that Saturday to like catch up on things that I needed to and then take Sunday mm-hmm. off I mm-hmm. thought taking a day off was really important for me
0: were you were you talking about specific like like how did I structure my day like did I wake up at five like that kind of thing or uh, that too I, I was just generally
2: curious about like how you organized your like you know time or prioritize things mm, I think it
0: general advice would be you're saving a a good chunk of your U world for dedicated um you know testing yourself for questions and you know we've kind of already talked about how like sometimes these step one was like it seemed like an ambiguous test and Mm -hmm. you know I I definitely would not have done well I mean we we actually haven't gotten our scores back but I don't think I would have done as well if I didn't do practice questions um and I'd probably like go back if I could go back I would probably do more practice questions just because it gets you in that testing mindset of how to work through a problem um, versus straight recalling information because a lot of I I felt like at least some a good majority of my tests is you have to have really good reasoning skills and like that's that's what a doctor needs right they need to have good reasoning skills good reasons for like cutting out something in their differential diagnosis so I I think that's kind of how step wants you to think versus like yeah, they're going to te- test you on some of those, like, oh, like really, like, BS anatomy questions. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I do forget, like, that nerve in that area of the body. Like, I'm sorry, like, USMLE. But, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so they'll get you with those, and, like, you know, obviously you'll like, get upset about that. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the, the testing of itself and, and getting your mind ready for, for sitting for an eight-hour exam of pure questions like, you obviously need to do questions, so, right. There's a yeah.
5: lot of stamina involved, you know. I know by the time that—I took six weeks of Dedicated, and I know I know that by the time that Dedicated was coming to a conclusion for me, I just felt like there's nothing more that I could do at this point. And if I do extend into Dedicated, um, I think it could negatively impact my score. That's me personally. Also, like, Dedicated is just an emotional time. I'm not trying to be cheesy or anything, you're, I know like, you know, Alec, you had a support system. I know Mara, you did as well. But like, you know, me, I was here alone. I was, you know, I would lock myself into a room for so many hours and it was just awful because I'd be talking to my mom and, you know, personally, I feel like I'm a very level-minded person. Um, I don't get, you know, too caught up into like, oh no, like if I don't do, per- if I don't do well on this exam, it's gonna ruin my career or anything like that. But I just felt like I was lashing out at people. You know, I would talk to my mom and she'd be just trying to have a normal conversation. I just you know, I'd I'd have a breakdown. That's just how it was for me. And that's what studying can do to you. Like it's important to have those support systems. It's important to have people that you consider close to you and talk to them because at the end of the day, like personal interaction is what makes the doctor, right? Mm -hmm.
1: There's also a difference between people who understand what you're going through and people who don't, like I would talk to my mom and and as much as she tries to understand, she's not there seeing what I'm doing every day. And so I think if you can find somebody who is, you're comfortable talking with um, during Dedicated, um, just about, like, complaining about you world questions that are ridiculous and just someone you can talk to, I think that helps a lot.
5: No, my mom was wonderful and very understanding. I put a lot of the blame on myself. I, I did close off a lot of people. And I do regret that. I think, like, you know, people who you're close to, like, for me, it was, like, my best friend, my mom... You know, there's other people that I could mention, but those are the people that make you who you are, and it's important to keep those people close to you during a time, like, dedicated.
4: Yeah, I, I just want to echo that for a second. I've had this discussion with a couple of classmates, and I think that this particular time period in your life can really, really stress, stress you to the point of almost breaking. Like, if you, if you go into this test kind of on unsure ground in terms of, like, your mental health, this will completely put you over the top i think so you really should make sure you have those support systems before you go into it make sure that you that you have some even if you don't think you need them put some in place you know set aside like a a time to like always call your mom or your dad or whoever your talk to talk to take your 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 day off to to really just kind of recharge your batteries because like i said it's not an easy time and um my dad joked at some at one point in time he's like i think you went through all those stages of grief at some point because like <laughs> you like start with like you're like you know angry and then you yeah. start bargaining. Bargaining, bargaining and then you're just depressed and <laughs> <laughs> you just go through every single stage so I, like i said i think that's really really important a couple other things that i think are really important number one i think you should get in a rhythm okay and just get it just down like so you don't have to make these, you don't get uh, de- decision fatigue. You automatically get up in the morning at a certain time. You know, okay, from this point, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to do this and this and this. And uh, obviously, I'm uh, going to also interject a couple of things. I think, number one, you should absolutely take time to like go get some exercise. This is really, really important. They, mm-hmm. They've done studies where they've shown that people who actually take the time to do some sort of physical movement actually do better, right? Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, don't sacrifice sleep. I'm, I'm big on this. All your gains that you're making during the daytime when you're studying, if you are short-circuiting or if you are cutting short your sleep, you are just losing out on all those things that you just spent 14 hours trying to to, mm. to retain, right? So you, you can't sacrifice that. You should also make sure you're eating right, right? Don't fill your mind or don't fill your stomach with junk, right? <laughs> you are what you eat. So those are things that you can actively do, right? So also don't be afraid to... It, like, improvise right if you something's not working, you should definitely change it. Just as my experience, I had a friend who did really well. He scored a two actually, I'm not gonna tell the score, but he scored really, really well. He Is matched in the two, <laughs> 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 I almost just outed his... But he did really, really well. He matched into a very, very competitive, so he matched into ortho. I'll say that okay. Yeah. He, he did really well, okay. And he sent me all his tips, his personal tips on how he killed it, right. And... I started following his schedule for probably the first week or two, and probably midway through, I realized that there were things that I needed to change because it just it wasn't working. And I and although um, I consider myself very similar to him in in a lot of ways, that's, there were obvious differences in how we learned. Right. So you should experiment. If you're a question bank person, you should do question banks. Dr. Hops tells the story about a girl who absolutely hated U World and. Probably midway through, she decided she was just going to toss it out and just completely forget about it, and she ended up doing. I think she got two hundred and sixty. Yeah, something. she had a two hundred and sixty, right? So you know, you need to know yourself going into this, and not be afraid to change, right? Uh, like I said, I started off with a very strict where I had like subject topics that I would study per day, and say like, okay, today is my neuro stuff, tomorrow is cardiovascular, tomorrow, and then whatever, and eventually I had to completely switch.
6: Well, the last thing I will say is that don't necessarily take our word for it. Do you have research at your university where you can, you know, talk to your academic advisors, use your own personal data to figure out what you need? That's kind of one of the themes of UWorld is that every, after every single block, you get back information about how you're doing and you can use that information to figure out like what you need to focus on for your own personal studying. Now, I think we just want to talk about a little bit more of like what we have planned for the next year uh, so there's a team of seven of us right now, and we have a lot of different ideas and things are going on. Does anyone want to share any uh, episodes that you're excited to work on?
0: Uh, sure, yeah. So actually, so I'm going to be sitting down with Dr. Aaron Mickelfelter and uh, Dr. Kit Lee, and they are really awesome uh, family medicine physicians here uh, at Loyola. But what's really cool about them is they're champions of integrative medicine and CAM therapy, so it's complementary slash alternative medicine. And so, um, I was always fascinated by this. We had a couple lectures from Dr. Mikkelfelter and he gave presentations on hypnosis and the use of hypnosis in his practice. Um, he's also, both of them are also like certified acupuncturists, which I didn't realize that you could be certified in that, but it's a board (laughs) certification. Um, and so we're going to talk a lot about the, the cam therapy. So, so that'll be coming, uh, coming to you guys soon. And then I also, uh, before we started dedicated, um, we have two MS4 podcasts that we'll be releasing. Um, um, we have uh, neuro, neurology, and then pediatrics.
6: And ophthalmology yeah. as well. Oh,
0: and ophthalmology, right. And then we'll probably release those three, you know, in the next couple you know, weeks or months. Um, and then we'll probably take a little bit of a break from the MS4 episodes just because the MS4s, um, they now are new MS4s. So we want to get them, you know, probably after they've applied um, and they've gone through their away rotations and have like really good experiences with them. So we'll hit the, the remaining ones that we have not the remaining core rotations uh, with the MS4 series
6: after that so yeah you mean like after they match after after they they get close to matching at least yeah yeah um is there anything else uh on the horizon for you guys
1: yeah we have an episode coming up with dr gastala who's a stretch alumnus and uh talking about the opioid crisis and her work that she's been doing Mm
4: -hmm. yeah and then uh we we have a bunch of really cool ideas that are in the works right now so we've got ones that are going to be uh, looking at like gunshot violence here in the yeah. Chicago area. Um, got another one where we're potentially looking at the effects of AI and how it's transforming medicine. Um, there's a lot of cool things that are coming down the pipeline. But
1: are sports medicine coming
4: yeah, too. Yeah, sports medicine. Um, maybe even like a wilderness medicine. We I don't know. You, well, they're they're we'll they're, they're <laughs> coming just mm-hmm. kind yeah. of as a teaser. So. Yeah.
6: That's one of the beautiful things about having seven of us is we all have different interests and like uh, ideas, and so we all get to kind of bring uh, our own like efforts. Kumbaya, <laughs> kumbaya. But on
0: that note, like you know, there's thousands and thousands of medical students out there. So if you're a medical student or a, a grad student from a different program and are interested in healthcare and have a topic that you are passionate about um, or that you think that we should investigate more, like make sure you definitely send us an email because we'd love hearing um, from our listeners. Um, so that's medicuspodcast at gmail um, so you can send us an email or if you're a medical student and you're interested in potentially starting like a medicus charter, we're potentially thinking about expanding in the future. We don't know yet. Um, but if you are interested in, um, maybe starting up, uh, a charter for your school, um, and have your podcasts linked, um, linked to our system, I guess. I don't, we don't really know this, the logistics of how it would work, but, um, you could send us your episodes and we'd upload it, uh, for you, I guess, uh, to, to our podcast platform um, so yeah so again if you want if you're interested in that you can always reach out to us at medicuspodcast.gmail.com at or you know obviously you can message us on uh, our Facebook
6: or um, you know like follow us on Instagram and, and all of that so yeah, and just as a note as well I mean like I said it's open secret we're at Loyola if there's any Loyola students who are listening and are interested in becoming involved just let us know and we're always looking for help people to help produce podcasts. Is there anything else that you guys want to say?
1: Welcome back.
3: Yeah.
6: (laughs) Congrats on being done with Steph. Hey, thank you. Thank you. you. All right, so with that, that's a wrap. (laughs)
1: Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have questions, comments, or episode suggestions, submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relationship is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.